what's up, you guys? It's Autumn, Katie, and this is Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> we are legitimately on like a time delay here, so you guys have to bear with us. Oh, no, it's still doing it is still doing it, but it's okay. Whatever. We're going to press forward. We're on this whole Zoom thing. You know what? Well, the, the hope and the prayer is, is that we're moving in a direction that this will not be a thing anymore. But in the meantime, thank you. Thank you for uh, hanging out, coming back, uh, seeing us again this week. We hope that you guys had an excellent week. We had an excellent week. I had an excellent week. Did you have a good week? Me too. Good, good. So we all had a good week. Um, and uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit today and get into Maybe. some, um, you know, some serious, some serious, serious, some seriously serious stuff. Some seriously, seriously stuff. Hey, there's still going to be some comedy in there. I think that, you know, that's life, you know? Uh, well, yeah, you do have to laugh at things. Um, so I'll let you start. Okay. Let me, what, um, we're what we're talking about today. So I know a couple weeks ago we were talking about the whole quarantine and how people are feeling their feelings and emotions and so on and so forth. Um, and this can tie into that at some point, um, but just to talk about it, we're going to talk about, and nobody likes this topic, literally nobody likes this topic, um, shame. It's a big, heavy word, right? Shame. Um, we're going to talk about shame and how other things kind of fall into line with that what it looks like for each of us um, coming from our own personal perspectives and things that we've done to change that or cope with that. Okay. And we'll get right into it. All right. All right. Do you have a shame story? I think we all have a shame story. I know, but I'm saying like, do you have a shame story that you like you want to share? Yeah. I mean, I think so. <sighs> Just to give, I'm, I don't know. I like, you know what I mean? No, no, no. no I, I think that shame is one of those things too, that we put on ourselves a okay. lot of the time. Um, it's not so much that people are shaming us. It's what you do with that and that interpretation of shame and how it looks for you. Yeah. I think a lot of times we are really good at being like, man, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I have this, that, or the other. And that's where that shame feeling comes from. Yeah. We can definitely shame each other. I mean, females in particular, we're real good at that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think for me personally, I think shame has always played a role in my life as okay. far as feeling unworthy. Okay. So I, it stems back to childhood without getting into too much stuff. Um, I think that has carried over into my adult life. And now it's a matter of how do I deal with that? Like, how do I cope with fixing the shame or how do I go about not letting that shame kind of run my life? Um, do you have a story in particular that you want to share? I do. I do. So I will, I will say this and I know, and you know, this is not to, um, but just to kind of, because I, I think, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, I think that shame um, starts somewhere, right? And I, and I think that in order for people to um, deal with shame, um, and what we're, we're also going to talk about, it's not just shame, but you know, how that manifests itself and how we try to cope with it and things like that. Um, but I think that it's important that you understand where your shame started, like where that came from, um, because th then everything kind of manifests and goes from there. Right. So for me, and you're right, everybody has, everybody deals with this, like everybody, you know, whether it's just everybody, um, but for me, um, it came from, um, I had a, um, a step-parent, um, a, a step-mom, 
who was your quintessential evil stepmother. <laughs> You're good. Laugh about it now. Um, laugh about it then. Um, but uh, so uh, she was not a very nice person. And um, that she had a lot of pains and hurts and insecurities. And, you know, her story is her story. And I can't even begin to say, you know, what all it was outside of just, you know, my interpretation of things, you know? Um, but anyway, so she spoke a lot of very ugly things into me, um, about, um, my worth, about, um, just, uh, my value as a, as a person, as a woman, um, on so many different levels. And so, um, you, I don't think, you, you know, in the moment, um, it, it hurts your feelings right. or, you know what I mean? Different things like that. But I think especially when we're kids and we're, we're building our self-esteem and we're trying to figure out who and what we are and what we want to be, what we're going to be, how we fit in the world, um, you know, what our talents and skills are, you know, we're just trying to figure it out, right? Um, that when you have an adult uh, or a parental figure or, you know, some sort of authority figure, a teacher or coach, a, a pastor or anybody, um, right, anybody, anybody, right. Um, speak ugly things into us and it's it starts to kind of seep in to our the fibers of our very being without us even realizing it you know and starts to turn your, turn your perspective on things into something right, it shouldn't necessarily be right right and and it's not a conscious thing and it's not an overnight thing it's a very slow gradual process that that happens without you even being fully aware that it that it has um, and it's very easy for you to brush it off or kind of go like, oh, that, you know, that didn't really bother me or, oh, that was crazy. That was then, this is now not realizing how much it has legitimately altered your perspective, your feelings, your understanding, your coping mechanisms, um, your desires, every, like everything. And it's, it's right. your spending hat, like it literally everything. manifests itself in every single area of your life. So, um, I never realized how much um, the things that were spoken into um, my life, into my spirit, into my mind, into, you know, just um, how much those things um, have sat under the surface. Um, and again, that, I should say this, became the soil for which every seed that was planted in my life like sat in, right? So yeah. good things, bad things, all were planted in th this soil of you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that, you're not that. So naturally that's what's feeding anything that manifests in my life. And so um, in order for me to uh, deal with um, what I now look at as symptoms, they were the surface level stuff right, um, right. in order for me to deal with that i had to figure out where they were what they were rooted in where it came right. from where did it start where did it start and um it uh it all came back to and i can i can legitimately tell you the exact moment that it like there was a lot of other things but that sticks in my mind that that stayed is um the day that my stepmother told me um, that I would never be good enough for anything but sex. And I can tell you where I was, 
what I was wearing. Like I can tell you that exact moment. And um, so I think, and that look, just to give you an example of what kind of person she was. <laughs> Cause who says that to a kid, right? Oh my God. Anyway, that was in sixth grade, sixth grade. Um, so I was probably what, like 12. And, um, but I, I listen, those are the, like, that's where those things like started. Right. And so now you have a 40 year old woman who, or, well, I, I won't even say a 40 year old woman, because I, I think that I'm in a very good space now. Like I've, I've come a very long way with healing, uh -huh. like that, but certainly in my thirties, 30 ish is your old woman who is doing things at this point in her life, not happy about it, trying to figure out why do I respond like this? Like, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? Where is this coming from? And, and wanting to attack the issue, like, let me just stop doing this thing. But it, it either, I either keep coming back to it right. or I, it just manifests in something else that I don't want to do. Yeah, haven't figured yeah. out what the cause of the source. Right, right. So it wasn't until I um, started dealing with it that I started getting better. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm, and obviously I, we'll, we'll talk about like, you know, how or yeah. what, yeah. what the coping things were with that. But um, I, I would say that would be um, um, an example, I guess, or just a, you know, to, to kind of put it out there as far as what, what we're, what we're talking about, where we're going with this is um, of where shame can kind of start to manifest itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I think that's, that's completely, I, you know, thank you for sharing, obviously. And that's a really vulnerable thing to, to share. So I really want to, you know, not make light of the situation that, yeah. you know, you were able to share such a very sacred thing from you, you know, from your story. So I appreciate you and I appreciate you sharing it. And um, I know everybody else who can possibly relate to it also um, appreciates that and your, your courage. It's very courageous to even talk about any kind of past stuff that any of us have been through, yeah. um, you know, trauma, be it, you know, physical, emotional, psychological, whatever that case may be. Um, and same here, you know, it was from childhood. It was a very yeah. close personal thing that happened and it just literally that catapulted into yeah. my adulthood and you know you really see the manifestations of that in your like where you should really be coming who you're supposed to be right um when you're supposed to be stepping into your womanhood you're stepping into shame yeah um and i think that's kind of where i saw this kind of going to is like how did we adapt what did we do that was really not the best as far as yeah. getting to that next space because i know you talked about you know your 30s um, for me, it was after my divorce from my first husband, yeah. um, you know, just the stuff and the things and just the, the attempts to cope, I think yeah. is the best word. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't think either of us really understood that we were even dealing with the trauma, right? Like right. we didn't even right. understand what the shame or where it even came from originated. Um, so yeah, I think that those mechanisms and those mm -hmm. adaptive behaviors that we tried to do to be better in that moment. We just really didn't understand the source of those. Right. Um, for me, I began from a very young age to overeat. Like yeah. that would be my coping mechanism. The, the most, uh, not the most, it was a very maladaptive coping skill, but in my case, food became my best friend. Yeah. Food became something that never said no. Food was 
something that I could go to any time of the day, any whatever. And it was never going to give me the other side of the coin, right? It was never going to be like, right. hey, maybe you should look into this further, you know? Right, right. Um, and I think that also lends to different relationships that we find ourselves in, you know, between um, romantic or intimate mm -hmm. relationships or even friendships, you know, right. just people that aren't necessarily the best people to have in your lives. And for all the wrong reasons, right. you know, you spoke about, um, uh, you know, feeling like the, um, like the physical stuff was something that you definitely, that was spoken into you. And I know for myself and as well, I would use that as a way to feel worthy. Yeah. I didn't know any different. Yeah. I would surround myself with these very superficial relationships, intimate and otherwise, just to feel something because I didn't know what I was feeling at the time was just complete pain and shame. Right. Um, and to even think that that was like, okay, or to feel like that was where I found my worth, um, took me till, you know, most recently to kind of figure that out. Right. But again, it was like, I didn't have an identifiable, I, I, I knew what had happened, but I didn't know what happened and I didn't know how to identify it. And I didn't know how to put words to it. So all that I felt was shame. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And yeah. that overwhelming sense of hopelessness and that overwhelming sense of worthlessness is a very lonely place and yeah. it's a very painful place to try to stay and ultimately what led to you know 17 other terrible things that happened in life right like so it yeah. wasn't like yeah. one thing it's like like you said we set ourselves up or not we those other people set us up for a lifetime of trying to figure out what to do with ourselves right and what that should look like and where we should get our worth and our value from right so i i, I think um I think that every, like, like I said, I think that um, we, we tend to have very, even though the, the, the thing that we're doing um, is, is uh, maybe different, like, you know, so, so eating wasn't necessarily my thing, um, right. but, but the, the desire or what you're, the void that you're trying to fill is, is similar. So, right. You know, we, we can't look at it and go, oh, well, because I'm not doing that, that doesn't mean, you know, I must not be, no, your thing may be something else. So, um, you know, one of the things that I uh, realized, and this is what is crazy, is that, um, like, I, I would buy, you, you've seen my closet. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like a boutique, right? So I have, like, over 300 pairs of shoes. I have, like, I don't know, like, 70 jackets, like, a ridiculous, ungodly amount of stuff, right? And, um, you know, God bless my husband at the time. He was like, well, you know, that's what she wants. It makes her happy. Um, but it wasn't like, I, but I, I literally put myself in debt yeah. um, repeatedly. You know, I'd get out of debt and then I'd get right back into debt and I'd get out of debt. i get back into debt over stuff. Stuff that I'm not even wearing. Stuff that still got tags on it. Stuff yeah. that I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, so that, again, that was part of it. Like when I was, you know, finally going like, I got to get my life together. I got to figure this out. Um, yeah. and looking at the areas of my life and saying like, okay, I don't, there's an issue here. There's an issue here. And they all seem, they all seem disconnected. They seem like, what does spending money have to do with my yes. relationships or have right. to do with my childhood or have to do with what, but it does. Because what I realized is that when I had to stop and ask myself is when do you spend money? Like right. you start getting to the root of it. When do you feel led and compelled to spend money? And I realized right. I felt led to spend money when I was sad, when I didn't feel attractive, when I didn't feel 
um, you know, like my life had worth or value. And so it was trying to create or manifest this, this external, you know, life or glamour or image or whatever. Um, in order to, huh? Band-aid essentially. Yeah. To feel good about it. And so then it was like, well, well, why do I feel the need to do that? Like, where did that come? So, so you start like doing layers, like, like, you know, stepping back, but it wasn't until I realized where that was coming from and understanding that, that I, that I could fix that issue. So, you know, now I don't do that. Now I know how to tell myself now, now I go, okay, stop. Do you really need this? Or is this you having a moment that you actually need to do something else with or is internal? Right. Right. Um, so, but, but that wasn't going to happen if I didn't stop to really like start to look and see what is the deal here. Um, so I, those things again and the reason why I bring up the the money thing is because there are things that are going on what I another example um is that I have always worked like like hard and not just hard like you know because I have a good work ethic I do but I mean hard to the point where I will take on an ungodly amount of stuff right projects, you know, other people's stuff, things that I should be delegating or saying no to. Oh, you got this, you got that. that. I mean, I'm talking loaded on to it. And, and, um, and I would, I would literally like kill myself, like to, to get it right, to do it. No sleep, no friends, family would suffer. Kids can't go, whatever, like everything to do. But again, trying to gain worth in a different way to prove somebody wrong or to prove I do have worth aside from sex or physical or, you know, external things. So, um, you know, again, spending money, working hard at work to very different things. Right. You know what I mean? Like still coming from the same root base. Yeah. And to be fair, like, and like you said, we all have different ways of, of, doing that. And I, you know, eating was one, sex was another, mm-hmm. alcohol has been another, right. all the other things to try to fill, like, just fill it, fill it, fill it, get myself some kind of sense of same thing with work. Yeah. I remember not knowing how to say no, not right. having boundaries, not having right. any limits whatsoever to try to feel good enough. And when the, the ultimate thing that I kind of now, obviously it's a little later in life, that's usually when that crap happens, but um, you know, later in life you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. None of this has worked this right. far. Right. And I'm clearly not finding the source or dealing with the source of this pain and this discomfort and the shame. Right. So if none of this other stuff is working, why do I keep trying additional things to try to fill that same space right. or to try to address the pain? And I don't know, um, you know, I'm let you speak here in two seconds. Um, you know, part of the source for that for me was been, um, dealing with it uh-huh. is hard. Yeah. Right. Like, like facing it right. and really dealing with the pain and discomfort is hard because that's what we've done for decades. Right. Like that's what we've done. Most of our adolescent and adult life has been to just push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down, cover, 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 do some crap to sometimes, eh, feels good in that four and a half seconds, whatever. Right. And then to go back and feel exponentially worse, which creates yeah. 
more shame. Yeah. More shame. So now I start looking like an ass and now I feel even worse about myself rather than, you know, yeah. enjoying the food or enjoying the whatever that I had, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, this is, this is what I, cause this has been, this is years of me yeah. like thinking through this and, and, and figuring these things out and we're, and we're going to obviously get into the motivation, like I said, about how how we deal with these things and whatever right. um, but some of the things that i was looking at is like what are what are the things what are our like our base needs what are, are some of the um areas of our life that are absolutely so like physical right mental emo or i guess the things that we're made up of physical mental emotional spiritual and social right so we are all these beings we're a mental being a, an emotional being a physical being spiritual being and a social being right and so if any of those areas are lacking or are void in any way, shape, or form, um, then there tends to be an imbalance, like how we deal with them. There tends to be an imbalance that we, we pull from an area that we, we are good at or have access to, but then it becomes an act and excess, right? right. So oh, in yeah. order- There's no moderation. Right. No moderation. To, to try to fill the void of this thing instead of dealing with this thing, right? Mm -hmm. So if I am, you know, uh, socially empty, I don't really have a lot of friends, I don't really have, you know what I mean, whatever the case may be, then I may pull from, again, like physical, and when I say physical, physical can be any anything that affects your physical body, food, right. um, you know, exercise, sex, you know, any of those kinds of things, right? So anything that's physically gratifying to you, right? So if I'm socially, I don't have any friends, then I may overeat because yeah. food is readily, readily available to me. So I right. do this to try to fill that void, right? Or if I am, um, if I am missing um, emotional connection, right? But I got a lot of, I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of people around me that I become super social, like the social aspect is out of control. I'm out here. Now, what, do know, do? what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's saying hey to every, you know, yes to every invitation. I'm like, anybody who wants to be friends, anybody, because I'm trying to, to fill the emotional connection, but if that's, if that's not happening. You see what I'm saying? So whatever there is the emptiness, you can see that swing on the other side that's like excessive trying to fill that void. Wherever we're lacking, uh, we will pull from areas that we have that are readily available, and there tends to be a swing of an overindulgence in that space in order to cope yeah. with the space that is empty. Um, so yeah, um, and I, I, yeah, and I, I think because because all things are you know if we if we're being fed physically, mentally, emotionally, spirit like we have a, a pretty good balance, then those things stay in balance. But if the minute you know, what I mean, that's where you get. Um, uh, you know, manifestation, you know, you said, talked about sex. So there's any, again, there is any emotional, um, there may, and, and, and let me back up for a second. Cause words are hard right now. We had talked about in a previous, in previous episodes about the fact that people cheat for a lot of reasons and we, and that is very true. And this is part of what I'm, I'm talking about that people can cheat because, um, you know, sex is readily available, right? That physical connection for the most part, I mean, unless you're like a two. <laughs> that was a terrible thing to say. 
I'm kidding. I had to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> Unless you're like a 1.5. This is normal, like readily available, oh, right? No, we're fine. Everybody's good. Everybody's a 10. We're fine. I'm totally kidding. I had to lighten it up. If you can't take a joke, you don't need to be on this podcast, okay? But, um, but no, seriously. Yeah. So, um, but sex is readily available, right? So, but em emotional connection may be di very difficult to come by. So if I'm emotionally um, starving, then I'm trying to feel that connection by physical means. So I overindulge in sex. If I am um, wanting, I don't have a whole lot of friends or I'm not really social and I want to be, I want to belong, you know what I mean? Um, then I feel that connection with sex. Um, I personally, yeah. oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I personally believe the idea of, of, ha of belonging and having value and, and um, I personally believe that that's a spiritual rooted problem personally. I, I think that idea of what is my purpose? Why am I here? What is my value as a human being? How am I, you know, what makes me special or important versus, to, in my opinion, um, that is a spiritual aspect. And that a lot of times people go their whole entire lives with confusion and spinning of wheels in that area and looking to fill it because they, they neglect it. They never look at their spiritual side of it. They, so they, they want to fill it with social. If I can be get promoted or you know what I mean? like be popular if i can be um you know in a position of authority or if work is going good or this or i have lots of friends or i'm on these committees or whatever they're trying to fill that my purpose through that or if i get um married or if i have a, a spouse or i have a this or if i that that i belong or i'm important to somebody or i have value um you know what i mean if i um am you know if i if i work out if i uh, have nice, you know, look nice if I, whatever. So you, I think you're using like this emotional, physical, social stuff to fill spiritual things. And it's, it's never like it never, ever, ever, ever is going to be enough. So everything you do feels like I, I was talking to somebody else about this. And I actually said, I, it reminded me basically like the pirates of the Caribbean. Did you remember the first one where they were, I never watched what oh my god well for all the rest of you grown-ups yeah well I rode the ride at disneyland i did not watch the movies well and the, they were cursed so the pirates in the first one they were cursed and every time everything they ate just it never satisfied them so they would eat and drink all day long but they were always hungry and they were always thirsty and to me that's again that goes back to uh, is a, a really great example of spirituality. When you don't deal with that aspect of yourself, then no matter what you do, it's just like pouring water into a, cold, a, a, a cup with a hole in it. It's, you're never going to be filled. It's just going to, it's, it's just enough to kind of wet your right. whistle to, to trick you and make you think it's doing something, but you never get filled. Right. And I think to touch on that in, in a different perspective too, is to even have the self-awareness to identify that that's what you're doing, right? So like yeah. a lot of times, at least for myself, I know that I kept doing all these things, but never understanding the root of that. And I think that that also led to overindulgence mm -hmm. and um, 
And then when I did know what the problem was, or when I did figure out the source of that, then it became a matter of, Ooh, now I got to deal with it. Like, yeah. I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to do all this other crap instead because it made sense. I've been doing it my whole life, you know, right. um, and that leads to different things, taking the space of the things that you were doing. Right. right. So like in my case, I stopped overeating, right. but then I started to drink more and more, right. you know, alcohol became the, alcohol became right. the, the numbing source. Um, and that goes for any outlet or addiction or whatever the case may be for a lot of people that haven't right. really identified what the cause of their source of pain and shame is. Um, and I, 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 I truly do believe the same thing that you do as far as spirituality is concerned. I think it all ties back into that and universally taking care of yourself from that regard, right? Like if you're not, you're literally talking about the one part that can fix everything else. Now that doesn't, I looks different for different people. And I'm not trying to say that one's more right than the other vice versa. You know, you know, that's a thing that I'm still walking in. Um, but if you can try to understand, if you look at your life, if you take a step back and you go, man, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this to excess or in an unhealthy fashion. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. And then take a further step back and then go, okay, if this is the why, now what do I need to do to try to understand it and to start to rectify healing in my life? Right. And that looks different for everybody, right? Like that looks different for everybody, regardless of what your vice or your filling is. Right. Um, and I, I kind of think that's like why I brought this topic up because kind of where I am right now outside of I, identifying, which we've done. Right. Um, now it's a matter of healing right. and healing can be right. painful. Um, but in the sense that that's where the growth is, yeah. right? Like, so if it, it sucks, like it really sucks dealing with this stuff because in order to deal with it, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. Be it spiritual, be it emotional, be it whatever. It's a lot, a lot of work to try to understand and heal from a place that doesn't put you back in a position that you were to maladaptively cope. Right. So instead of filling it with food, alcohol, sex, social activities, excessive exercise, excessive anything like the work what do I do now? You know? Um, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. Like it's not necessarily the identifying part, right? Like most of us know, man, I went through this, that, or the other, or I suffered this, that, and the other. Um, the identifying part is hard to go. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this and a whole hell of a lot and it's not making me feel any better about myself. And it's actually causing me to have rifts and and tears in my other relationships and environments that I'm in. And I don't, I don't like it, but I keep doing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I, and I can speak from, from my case in this point, you know, therapy was a big one surrounding myself with really true, authentic friends, which sadly aren't many, you know what I mean? But it it is what it is. And And it's in order to get better you got to do it. Like, you, yeah. and that ties into last episode, like we were talking, but, or I'm sorry, two episodes ago, but even still those people that are in your life and whether it's a therapist, whether it's a spiritual counselor or guide of some sort, um, whether it's somebody that you just really wholeheartedly and unconditionally trust, you know, that's a big step in really understanding and being able to work on that stuff. Yes. It's a lot of self-work totally. Yeah. A, t- a thousand percent. It's your own stuff that you got to work on too but it's also important to surround yourself with people that are going to support you 
no matter what, whether yeah. you relapse, whether you take 17 steps back, whether you take 17 steps forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, for, for me, um, therapy also, um, but in a little, I, because again, I do believe that you are all these pieces. And I think that those pieces, if you, especially if you're going to try to correct a problem, there needs to be some overlap in the correction. So, you know, there's no such thing as I'm just going to deal with the mental aspect of me. Well, no, because you're not just a mental person or being, uh, I'm just going to deal with the spiritual aspect of it. Well, you, you're not, you can't because you're not just a spirit. You also a physical being. Um, I, I'm just going to deal. So there right. has to be some overlap, right? Um, so I um, actually uh, picked a counselor who was um, also a, just a Christian-based counselor um, because I wanted to deal with the, the right. healing in all, er you know, multiple areas of my life, not just my mind. You know, obviously she's a, a licensed, you know, therapist and all those other kind of things. So she's dealing with the, the mental um, and the, the, the mental and the social and the emotional aspect, but she's also dealing with the, the spiritual aspect. So I think it gets, gives a more balanced perspective about what is going on here and how to address this, you know? Uh, so, oh, my, my watch just says she doesn't understand this. Neither do I. <laughs> Me either. So, um, and you know, going to church journaling has been really big for me. I think journaling is important. It's huge because it gives you an opportunity to release all of your thoughts without judgment. You don't have to release them to another human being. You don't have to, um, you don't even have to look back at it yourself if you don't want to. It's just literally just putting it out there, just getting what's in your head and in your heart out. Yeah. And then sometimes it brings clarity to what is all jumbled in there. It's like, I, I have all this stuff and I don't really know what it is, but as you start to write, it's a, a picture starts to come together. Um, so right. I, I strongly right. believe in, in journaling to get some perspective with that. Um, and then again, and, and you know, it, obviously it's, it's no secret for me, but, um, to, to me, I felt like, you know, and let me, let me say this because I also, and I was talking to somebody about this, that I, I think that the minute that somebody, uh, hears when somebody say, Oh God, or, or this or that, the other, they immediately shut down because it's this idea that judgment is coming or that there's some kind of holier than that, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Those kind of things. And, uh, I would like to believe that I am the complete opposite of that. I would like to believe that um, I personally, I don't, I don't know what everybody else believes. I personally believe in a God that is loving of everybody, everybody. And that is the only thing that he has called me to do is to love people, not to judge them, right. not to make assumptions about people, not to put people in boxes, um, you know, but to, to love people and, and, to, and to plant seeds of love and let him do the rest. That's literally all I've been called to do, right? And um, I believe that he is a, a merciful God and a God of grace and that he is not overbearing, overpowering or like angry and, you know, and hell and fire and brimstone, like none of those things. If you can imagine the most loving, loving, loving experience that you've ever had in your life, right? Whether it be with your parent, a spouse, a friend, whatever. If you can imagine that moment and then, like times, you know, infinity on that. That's what I believe is, um, you know what I mean? Like right. that, that's what I truly believe. So um, 
there's 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 not a space of any sort of like judgment or any of those things that are 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 there. Um, I think that he waits patiently for you to get to the end of yourself, which is which is kind of what we were talking about. That you keep trying these things, you keep trying these things, and you're like, nothing is working. I keep I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that, and it's not working. And he's like, all right, like sooner or later you're gonna remember that you got a spirit over here. Sooner or later you're gonna remember. Um, <laughs> hi. Uh, and so then it's like, you know what, try, why not? You've tried everything else and it's not working. Why not? Like give it a, give it the old one, two, you know what I mean? And if it doesn't work for you, then okay. <laughs> if it doesn't work for you, then okay. But it might, right? But it might. And so, um, I feel like my, what I want to be is just an example. I just want to be an example. And I want people to look at my life and go, Wow, you know what? She she seems like she's happy. She seems like she's this or blah blah blah. How did you get? And and then I say how I got there is is by these things, and which is exactly what we're doing. We're sharing how we got to a certain space, and so people can take the pieces that fit for them and leave the pieces that don't, and and you know push yeah. forward. But I got to be honest about how I got here, and um, I, I'd like to say that I'm. In a, in a really good space in my life and continue to, you know, grow. It's never, it's, it's never a, an end point. Um, We're always a work in progress. Absolutely. It's always moving forward. Um, but I have come to a place and, and we talked about you, you thanked me in the beginning. You said, thank you for sharing. Um, but I'm in a, yeah. a space of complete freedom at this point. And that's, and right. that's why I can, you know what I mean? That I can laugh about it. I can say, I can be like, well, there's, yeah. no, there's, there's I think we're having more stuff. I said, there's yeah. no shame attached to it for you right. anymore. No more. And that right. is truly the light that is, that we can move forward in. Right. Like, so it, it's not even about, um, you know, I, I just wanted to thank you in particular for just the courage and vulnerability that you exude. And that's just to make note of it. Right. Yeah. And, I, and to, to say to other people, it's okay yeah. to be vulnerable on, right. as long as you're in a safe space. Right. Um, and to just always be yourself and be genuine. But like, yeah, the, the big, the big thing there is able to share because there's no more shame attached. Right. You were able to willingly share as opposed to, I'm still kind of that work in progress. Yeah. Um, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. And if I feel safe and authentic and vulnerable around certain people. And not that I don't try to be all those things in general, but um, if I feel that with you and if you come to me with something, that's, that's who you're going to get. Right. Um, but yeah, right. I think that that's part of the big thing is, um, you know, you were just the example of what it's like to not attach shame to your story. Right. Which is ultimately the end goal, right? Like yeah. that, and yes, always a work in progress. There's always things that we can do to improve ourselves and to grow and to really identify those areas within us that need the, need the little extra buffing up. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I have, and I, and I, I guess that's what I kind of, and that doesn't, and you're right. It's there's doesn't mean that there's not moments that I, I don't go. Oh. Um, but for the most part, um, for me, the, 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 um, the stories I can readily talk about you know, the things that have happened to me. Um, and it was, it's really funny, actually, um, story. So I, I went, um, I went to my, uh, and this, this is also kind of like, I, I think when you're ready, the universe kind of knows that, 
Like I think that the universe knows when you're ready. Oh, and, yeah. and starts put, to send you. Starts putting people in your path. Yeah, right. Yeah. Starts to send you clues. Starts to send, put people in your life. You start to see things. You start to think. You know what I mean? So one of the things is we had gone to visit, like we'd gone to visit my dad uh, for the holidays, and the kids were like flipping through photo albums, and they saw all these pictures of my stepmother, and they're like, "Who's this?" And I, I had never realized that I had never talked about. I'd never spoken her name, never mentioned her. And so in, in, in direct, you know, connection with that, I, there's so many pieces of my childhood that I never talked about because obviously my kids had no idea that this woman even existed. Right. So well, that was, part, even what? Yeah. right. So that's part of the universe showing me, you think you're okay, but you, you have literally like cut off an entire like piece of your life and put it in this double bag and like shoved it underneath the bed. Right. So, um, I found that to be so odd and I went, what? Wow. Cause obviously it wasn't a conscious thing. I, I wasn't making a conscious decision not to talk about her. It was just, I, I was like not dealing with that. Shut it off. Not dealing with that, but I'm yeah. fine, but I'm fine. Right. Yeah. No, you're not. I'm fine. I'm, yeah, fine. I'm fine. Nothing here no. to see. I'm good. Right. Um, but literally, the opposite. <laughs> literally the opposite. Actually, oh you're falling goodness. apart at the seams. <laughs> yeah, you're barely keeping it together. Yeah, and 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 you say something so profound when you say that you recognize when your kids asked you all these years later that they had no idea who this woman even was, and just the <laughs> even though it wasn't a good role that she played in your life, right. she still had a role in your life. Right. And lessons that can be learned from that, how profound that you just even brought that to light. How many times do we just shove stuff down and be like, I'm good. Yep. I'm good. Yep. I know what happened, but I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm going to continue on my life. And then like you said, everything from there starts to bust. Yeah. Everything there carries over into some other aspect of your life and you may not even be aware of it. Right. That's the, that right. is the most profound thing I think that has come from this conversation so far. Yeah. To be honest, like, you know, yeah. How it, crazy it was, it was absolutely insane. And it's again, this underlying bubbling thing that you don't even realize you don't even realize. And, um, cause none of that was, was conscious. And, and if you would have told me, and I think that here's the other part about it, is that, and I know this is going to sound very strange from the outside, because if I, if I told you, if we got into these stories, okay, uh, which we only, we only got so much time, so we're not going to get into them, but boy, I can, I can lay it on you, right? But if we got into these stories, so if anybody from the outside would say, oh my God, what kind of a childhood did you have, right? But for me, all these my years, baby. it was normal. That's just how I grew up. Right. right. Like, you know what I mean? You, you, yeah, you just go, I, I wasn't, there was nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, there were some crazy things, but who doesn't have crazy things, right? So you really downplay them. That's and I think right. that that's the other part of it is not giving it the due that it's due. You know, no, that is not normal for a grown woman to tell a 12 year old that you're never going to be worth anything more than sex. That's not normal. That's not a part of normal childhood, right? But I, that's how I justified right. it in my mind. Right. So, um, again, I think the, the other part of that is realizing, recognizing that something is wrong, like something bad did happen. You know what I mean? 
So, and I um, think that that recognition, that recognition alone is like how it, it's, it, it's twofold. So it's also putting a name to it so that you understand where it's coming from and all the other aspects or areas of your life. But then to, um, to feel like you're giving acknowledgement to something and it's not giving it power, but it's ultimately helping solve that problem. Yeah. So in dealing with it or normalizing it or justifying the things or behaviors, um, it's understanding what had happened wasn't necessarily okay, yeah. obviously. And that, um, that, and then to recognize that maybe in other areas of your life, you're justifying things that aren't also okay. Yeah. Just because it's what you. Right. Right. So it's, it's like a, it's a whole, it's a whole onion layer thing. And you were right that they're, the reason that a lot of people don't do it is because there's, it, it opens, and I don't know about you, but I know when I first started going to therapy, I would leave and be exhausted. Like literally I'm like, I got, I got to go home and go to bed. Yeah. Like exhausted. Ain't no leaving therapy and going to have a drink or dinner. Nope. I got to go put my jammies on because I am done. <laughs> I am tired. I need a nap. I am and They sick. say it, that's pretty common. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it, 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 it is, it is exhausting on every level, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, like it's socially, it's exhausting to have to pull some of those things back. And it also requires you to, and I think here's the other thing about it. It requires you to have to look at some things that you have done or are doing that you don't like, are ashamed of, are embarrassed, um, that have, you know, decisions that have, that were not good decisions, whether it be with relationships or your kids or, you know what I mean? Things that have fallen apart and, um, and looking at it and saying, I did this thing. And now looking at it and saying, why did I do this thing? You know what I mean? And how do I stop myself from continuing to do these same types of things? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, there, there were things, uh, and, but I also think that forgiveness comes there also, but people never make it there because it's so hard. It hurts. It's gut wrenching. It's naked and raw and vulnerable. And it's, it stinks. And it's a whole lot of stuff that you got to get through. Um, and, and show yourself some grace and some right. mercy with, you know what I mean? But there comes a point of forgiveness and then yeah. to be able to start assigning um, behaviors to the appropriate people or, you know, assigning responsibility to the appropriate people and places. You know, this, I do have to take ownership. Right. Of, but that I don't have to own. You get to own that and you get to own that. And, and right. then it's like, you know what I mean? Then there's a, there's a clearer perspective. And I also think that it's a humbling experience that allows you to forgive people that have hurt you because in forgiving yourself and in realizing that you did things out of pain, hurt, disappointment, fear, you know, all these things, so did they. And you were a recipient of what somebody else did and somebody else was a recipient of what you did. And everybody needs forgiveness, right? You, them, and the next person, right. we all do, right? So I think that there's, that's where that healing and starting to be able to put things to, to rest and being able to, to laugh about it and go, yo, I did X, Y, and Z, they did X, Y, and Z, and <laughs> we all out here wilding out. Like, 
Yeah. And I think that's, that's another really big picture too, though, is forgiveness, right? Yeah. Um, So it's one thing to try to go in and work on the stuff that was either put on you by somebody else or something that you have accumulated on your own, but to be able to forgive yourself bar none is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And, and it, you know, you can sit here and we can forgive people all day long, but to really look inside and go, you know what? I, I forgive you. Oof, yeah. Girl. That's, that's huge because you can, if you are hurting so much that you can, if you can, Oh my God, get it together. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the easiest things to do is instead of to project your anger and your pain onto somebody else is to hurt yourself. Right. And that comes in so many different versions, facets. That's the mechanisms that you use to cope or attempt to fill that void. Yeah. That is physical harm to yourself. That is being ugly with negative self-talk and really saying some nasty things about yourself Yeah. because you don't yeah. feel worthy enough of forgiveness for yourself. Yeah. And that's, ooh. Yeah. It's easy to, not easy. It's different to forgive other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a sense that, okay, yes, I forgive you for this, that, and the other, but I'm still going to treat myself like shit. Right. And yeah. so until you are able to really say, you know what? Yeah. You did X, Y, and Z and you da 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 da. And this is what you've done. And to really look inside and go, you know what? I forgive you. And then to not necessarily understand or know that you're ever going to be forgiven from somebody else. Yeah. Right. And I think forgiveness is probably the hardest, hardest part of healing from shame, from pain, from any of that stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I think, I think when in, in dealing with forgiveness, part of it is, um, letting go of the idea that you are the the biggest uh thing in your world or the biggest you know what i mean you have made yourself your own god is what is that has happened you are, you have made yourself the end all be all and you are getting to determine whether or not you are worthy right but if you lay that responsibility down right if you put that down and you say, it's not for me to decide whether or not I'm worthy of being forgiven or not, that's not my determination or whether anybody's worth, you know, is able worth being forgiven or not. And you say, then you, then you get to adapt because I don't care what religion you're from, whether you're Buddhist, Jewish, Methodist, whatever, Catholic, everybody believes in forgiveness on some level from some higher power under some certain, you know, circumstances, everybody does. Right. So regardless of what you believe, then if that's, then you don't get to say I'm not worthy because somebody else who is bigger than you already said, it's like saying to, it's like saying, and I'll just put it in terms that everybody can understand because we all have parents and we've all been children, right? And if you have parents that have come to you and said, um, Hey, I'm dinner's ready. Come eat dinner. Right. And you go, "Mm, I don't know if I deserve dinner. Right. I, mm, I, I'd love to be able to eat and I'm really hungry, 
My stomach is growling. It's like eating itself. And I really want to eat, but man, I don't know if I deserved it. Or I mean, I, you know, today I, 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 my teacher had to yell at me today. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I only deserve like, you know, a portion of the dinner, but you're not really a whole, and your, your parents are like, sit down and eat. What are you talking about? It's dinner time, right? We don't ever go through that process. We try, you know what I mean? Mom says it's time for right. dinner. I readily come and sit down and eat. I don't ever question in my mind whether or not I deserve dinner, whether or not I, it's you know, right or wrong. I just take it because she gave it to me freely, right? And that should needs to be the same thought process as forgiveness. You don't get to sit and go, oh, well, I did something really bad. But then you know what? Autumn did something worse and she got forgiven. But Negative, chief. It's, it's sitting right in front of you, right? Eat from the plate and let that be that. Eat from the plate. You're not the end all be all. You know what I mean? So um, we got to mm -hmm. start applying some things in ways that translate to stuff that we all, we already have that thought process. Every kid on the planet thinks exactly the way that I just said. Parent says, come eat, you come eat without a second thought. We already have certain thought process that apply. We just have to make the translation. That's all. It's in there. It's already in you. So one yeah, day, I and agree. it's a work in progress. Okay. Yeah. Work in progress. Yeah. One day. And you're, and you're, you're getting closer and you are closer than you've ever been, right? Because every day you're, clo you're closer than the day before. So you're closer than you've ever been um, to where you want to be, right? Am I lying? the best analogy ever <laughs> you're closer than you've ever been Fred. <laughs> i cannot <laughs> so oh, again you know, water. it just it just it just is gonna keep it's gonna keep getting better and you're right surrounding yourself with people who love you and um all of us and that that goes for all of us um surrounding ourselves with people who um are in a place of healing or or who are actively working towards that place also you know what i mean i've, I've told people this before yo if you want to buy a house don't surround yourself with people who live in their parents basement that don't make no sense they can't teach you nothing so you're <laughs> how to save money clearly yeah well how to be a mooch <laughs> um but you know so surrounding surrounding yourself with people who are walking in that space because they give you encouragement and support, but they also give you an example um, and they give you a safe space to, to try and to yeah. see and you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah. And I think in turning towards the motivational aspect outside, there's been motivation tied into this whole thing. I don't want it so. to feel like it hasn't been. Um, but I think motivationally, speaking moving forward you know be kind to yourself yeah you know be be compassionate towards yourself it's not gonna be a one shot and we're done and we fixed everything look at us we're miracle workers it doesn't work that way yeah. you know like i said there's gonna be some missteps there's gonna be some backtracking um but try to stay positive and understand that you're not alone yeah. you know um and the more vulnerable and authentic people that you surround yourself with the more you're going to find that that community exists to really kind of help you get to that ultimate end goal it's not it's not there to like drag you along but it is there to say you know what get the hell up you've got this keep moving forward 
there's going to be there's going to be so much peace that comes from really identifying what those roots are for you and what that soil is that autumn called it earlier um, and you're going to find that the more that you work on it and the more that you determine the source and you understand where that initially that shame came from mm -hmm. um, you're going to be so so just mind blown at what yeah. starts to change in your life right 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 baby steps baby steps. it's not a giant leap it's a baby step yes it but, is. you know all this are tied into one another that interlock that overlap all that stuff is going to start to shift and change and your focus is going to change so um my motivation you're right we we have we have talked about it all the way around my motivation is going to be this um get your ass up and get started that's my motivation. Right? So, yeah. um, not wrong. I, yeah, because nothing happens by accident and nothing is going to fall into your lap. And, um, anything, no. you know, it's, it's going to be work, but it's going to be worth it. You can either spin your wheels in the same place for your entire life, which how devastatingly wasteful and sad is that? Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to commit to digging deep and doing this. And even if you want to give yourself a time frame to say, you know what? Listen, one year, one year from today, if one year from today, my life doesn't look closer to what I want it to, then do something, then go back to doing whatever it is that you've been doing, right? But commit yourself to, to a process. It's no different than exercising. People do this crap all the time. They exercise for a week and then they're mad that they don't, and they're like, forget it, I give up. But if you had committed and given yourself an, a, a, a reasonable, realistic time frame, you look back and you go, oh my God, look how, how much has changed when I really dug deep and committed to it and really made, you know what I mean, that commitment to this growth or this change. So um, get serious yeah. with yourself um, and with the, um, the quality of your life and what you want your life to be and put the work in, you know what I mean? Really put the work in. Um, and so that would be my motivation is stop being, and, and I know this is going to sound terrible, but like stop being a baby. Um, but stop being a baby because at some point the responsibility becomes yours. Yes. Somebody did something terrible to you. Yes. Life handed you a raw deal. Yes. Things didn't go the way that you wanted them to or the way that you planned. Yes, you may messed up and made some mistakes, but guess what? You have control over you and over your life and you get to decide what you do with that. You can sit in it and you can wallow and you can be sad and you can let those things continue to have power over you or you can get up. So at some point, yeah, it stopped being a baby. That doesn't take away the responsibility of what was done to you, but it does, it, but it puts the responsibility of what you're going to do with it right where it belongs on you what are you going to do with it right 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 so, and there's no there's no progress there's no progress in feeling sorry for yourself none none that's isolating it's lonely and there's really no growth none whatsoever that comes from feeling sorry for yourself none lock it up we love you tough love jam jam <laughs> nice oh. there's a little so there's a little bit of a delay and all of a sudden I see knife hands come out. That was weird. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh.
Oh my God. So um, we hope that something that we have said has resonated with you today. Uh, We hope that we have encouraged and inspired you um, to be, to get to a place or to start getting to a place where you can be open and vulnerable with no one, with yourself first and foremost. Right. And, um, and, and to start pushing towards a direction of healing for yourself and for the people who love you, you know what I mean? And, and the quality of your life and your purpose and where you're going and, and all the things that you want to be. So, um, you know, we love you. We support you. We encourage you. We all walk in this thing out together Absolutely. and, um, we wish everybody the very best. Would you agree? Oh, I, there's, there's a little bit of a sound delay. I'm so sorry. Yes. I a thousand percent agree. Number one. And number two, um, <laughs> we love you. You're not alone. Find and surround yourself with those people that understand that you're not perfect and that that's okay. And that have been there and done that and surround yourself with those people that have been the example of healing. And so that way you have something to look at as far as a reference point get the help you need if there's an addiction. Um, There's so many resources out there for alcoholics. There's so many resources out there for Narcotics Anonymous. There's so many resources out there for therapy and psychological emotional counseling. Um, So don't look at those as weaknesses. Those are tools, right? Like those are tools in the toolbox. Those are things that can help you be successful. And it doesn't take hitting rock bottom to go, you know what, maybe today's the day. Yeah. Don't let it be that you um, you know, wrecked your car. Don't let it be that you've ruined your relationships with people. Don't let it be that your kids don't talk to you anymore. Make, make that change now while you still have time. So that's my two cents anyway. All right. Well, as we go out, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Ooh, I'm asking. Okay. No. All right. Time. Do you know what I thought the lyrics were before like mm, six years ago? Oh God. What? I'm asking for a man and a liver. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I wish I was kidding. I wish I was kidding. A man and a liver. And a liver. Yeah. Why would Michael Jackson be saying I'm asking for a man and a liver? I, I don't know. I have so many questions. I, I don't think that I didn't have the same questions because I didn't understand the lyrics till thank you, Google. Yep. Man and deliver. All right. On that note, well, please follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to our channel. Please like and share. Let your friends and family know uh, who we are and what we're doing. Please come back and see us. We hope you have an excellent week. We love you. Take care.